Welcome to Leading with Hope, a podcast for leaders and volunteers of Living Hope, helping you lead like Jesus envisions. Well, hey, welcome to the Leading with Hope podcast. It's Kirk and Colin, and we are back in the office. Last week we were traveling, yep, and uh, we did things a little bit different with a great uh, interview with Ron Walburn. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't listen to it, uh, you should listen to it. It's fantastic. It was very insightful for me. It was just, it was fun asking questions to a a very wise mind. I don't know. How <laughs> As to opposed think. to me, normally. No, no, no. I didn't. <laughs> a different wise mind. Oh, I should have prefaced that differently. Anyways. And then uh, Colin uh, probably doesn't know this, but I did a bonus episode, just me and David Hearn, Ooh. in the middle of nowhere Manitoba talking about personal renewal. I did not know that. Now I'm going to have to go listen to it. Yeah, and because uh, he did his whole dissertation. Uh, he got his doctorate last spring, and he did his whole dissertation around personal renewal and the leader's role in per- bringing personal renewal to a church. Hmm. And so I asked him, what is personal renewal? I asked him, how do we experience personal renewal? And then I said, how can me as a group leader uh, help my group experience personal renewal? Yeah. So great listen to, uh, lots of great things. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. It is not what we're here to talk about today. We're actually we're getting into a brand new series um, at the church called Greater Than, but I think that might need a little bit of an explanation. So if Kirk, you want to just give us a little background on yeah. where this series has come from or where you're hoping to lead us. <laughs> where, where I'm hoping to lead us. Yeah. You know, uh, when I was coming up with the title for this series... Um, in my head, those math symbols, do you know those math symbols, greater than, greater less than. than, equal to, yep. all of those sort of things? And all of a sudden I had flashbacks to, I don't know, I don't know what grade it was, but I think it was grade three and having to do all those math equations where it was like you had to identify if it was greater than, less than, equal to, all of that stuff. And you turned all those into crocodiles like yeah, I, I did, did, right? <laughs> so, I should have. <laughs> I probably would have done better. Yeah. <laughs> this eats that. That's how I always remembered that. Oh. Where were you when I was in grade three? Seriously. Uh, I was not even a thought for my parents yet, so <laughs> I don't know how to frame that. <laughs> and then you get into like grade nine algebra, which now is like with when I with my kids all grown, right? They've been through all the math leagues, and I realize that my kids are taking what I took in grade nine in like grade two hmm. now. No, not quite. But you get into grade nine algebra, and they start putting letters with the greater than and less than signs, and I just was lost. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I couldn't figure it out. And so, whenever I think of this title, I think of the greater than sign. Hmm. And uh, you know, that's not why we're doing this series because Kirk has problems in math. The reason why we're doing this series is because Jesus said something that really sticks in my head. And in John fourteen twelve, he says, "If you believe in me, you will do greater things than these." Actually, yeah. he starts out by saying, if you believe in me, you will do all the things you've seen me do. Yes. And you will do greater things than these. Yeah. And the these that he's talking about is everything that precedes John 14. All of the miracles, all of the teachings, everything that mm-hmm. he did. The expectation is, is that your life and my life would be greater than what he did. So that's why I think of that greater than symbol. Yeah. Because when I when I put my life on one side of the equation and Jesus' life on the other side of the equation, I see a less than, not a greater than. Yeah, and so to be called to a greater than by the greater than. Yeah. That, 
I can't do that math. So, <laughs> you know, what I, one of the things I'll say in the sermon is I think we read this verse with one of two uh, ways. Hmm. We either read this verse and we ignore it. <laughs> Just gloss over it. And gloss move. over it. Read it as fast as you can. Move. Hope nobody asks a question. Yep. Move to verse 13. On we go. That's yep. right. Uh, or we, we explain it. Hmm. We explain it away. Try and like cover it up. So yeah. it's like. Here's what Jesus really means. Oh my. In fact, I looked at a sermon I did back almost 10 years ago on this verse. Hmm. And I'm like, that's not what I believe today. Wow. Back then, 10 years ago, I was trying to explain it away. But now I have a different approach when it comes to this verse. I have a different belief. I believe that if Jesus actually said it, that he meant it. That's, that's, that's very convicting and probably an appropriate foundation to have. Yeah, if yeah. Jesus said it, he meant it. He yep. meant it. We shouldn't try to explain it away. Yeah. And so if I see my life as less than, uh, and I've got a great life. I'm mm-hmm. very happy. I'm, I don't hear this as critical in any ways. But, uh, you know, my wife is listening, and uh, it's Valentine's Day tomorrow. And, honey, I love you, and I have a great life. And yet yeah. I still see my life as less than Jesus' life. Yeah. And the things that he did, I still see what I do as less than what he did. Hmm. So the question that I have, and, and you know, sermons sometimes are really the preacher's uh, therapy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I don't know if people, maybe this is a revelation to everybody that's listening, but that's really what happens is a lot of times what, what we're struggling with or what we're learning mm-hmm. comes out in our sermons. Yes. And so I want to learn what does the greater than life look like and how do we experience the greater than life? So... Do we have time for me to ask you how your last sermon on this and this one have varied, or should we should we ask a different question? Well, so my the sermon I did in John fourteen. I mean, uh, you could probably, if you search around the internet, you could probably find it. Yeah. Um, I was I was taken by how much I explained that all of the people that Jesus reached, that the greater than is that the church would spread. Hmm. And more people would become followers of Jesus than actually followed him in his lifetime. That's kind of a synopsis of part of how I handled that verse. Yep. I didn't go to the fact that, you know what, the supernatural fact. Hmm. I steered clear of that. Yeah, it was more the like the the multiplication through the masses. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. if there's more of us, we will be greater than in reaching people than Jesus exactly. did. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So th- and that's theologically. That is actually a sound interpretation of that. But as I've grown and embraced the spirit-empowered life, I've come to this place where I'm like, no, actually the supernatural should be natural in the Christ follower's life if they are living a spirit-empowered life. Hmm. And so that's where I'd say, you know what, 10 years ago I was in a different place. And Jesus has opened my eyes, and I think he's opening the eyes of our church in the same way. And I think there's lots of people in our church that look at this verse and they say, my life is less than, Hmm. not greater than. So how can we move together and grow then into, you know, this encapsulates a vision that Christ has for us. That's right, that we would be greater than. Yeah. And so I want to discover the greater than life. And I I want our church to discover the greater than life. And that's what we're going to do between now and Easter. All right. So... Pulling it just kind of this, this sermon, uh, what's the big idea for this this first one? The first steps. Yeah. The first steps. That is the name of the sermon. You saw the name. I, I, very I, good. I have been doing some work. So, yes. <laughs> so the big idea is this, that the greater than life is found when you set aside your agenda, wait with anticipation, and respond with boldness. That's the big idea. Also encapsulates the, the three points that are in that sermon. And uh, we're going to look at 
What are the first things I need to do? The first mm. steps we need to take in order to discover the greater than life. Yeah, I have to admit, when I first read the title, I thought this was like the first steps of Jesus that we were going to be looking at. <laughs> but I can now see where this is, because when I read through, I was like, we just skipped over all of John 1. So. You were hoping, <laughs> because the passage that we're looking at is Jesus turning water into wine. And you were hoping that I would be turning water into wine, or that I would show you how to turn water into wine. Well, and... Well, right? Then- that, Come on, admit it. That would have been very fascinating, but it's it's actually a cultural thing Jesus had to overcome because that was like a <laughs> trick of the trade at that time where people would have a two-chambered pot uh, yes. and they could pour out water or they could pour out wine. Yeah. But in this story, Jesus doesn't even do any of that work. He tells other people to fill the cisterns. That's right. And he never touches it. And yeah. yet it turns into wine. That's right. So it's definitely I, a greater than moment than absolutely. what's happening in his culture. So, But we're actually, so that's the passage, John mm-hmm. uh, 2. Uh, 1 to 12, and yeah. uh, we're not actually going to be talking too much about the miracle. No. We're actually going to focus on the reactions of the people in in the story, which is is what's captivated me. Yeah, like, because there are, there are three specific reactions you want to look at, right? That's right. That's so right. What are, what, did you want to talk about yeah, them? Yeah, no, I'll talk is, about Or them. do you want to save that for the sermon? <laughs> no, I'll, I'll talk about the three people that we're going to look at. Okay. Because... Um, you know, some people are listening to this before the sermon. Some are listening after. So, That's true. Uh, you know what? The first is Mary's. Yep. It, it says in John chapter 2 that Jesus and his mom and his disciples went to a wedding in Cana. Mm. And Mary finds out that they have no wine. And she has a very definite reaction to what's going on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think we have, I think we can be like each person that is reacting in this story. And I think in order to experience the greater than life, we have to be like the people in the story. So the first reaction Mary has is the one we typically have. We turn to Jesus for help. Hmm. And and that's how we have to be. Yeah. Right? But at the same time, she comes to Jesus with an agenda. Yeah. And she has something she wants him to do. And we have to set aside our agenda if we want to experience the greater than life. Yeah. And we have to align with Jesus' agenda. The second group is the servants. And the servants, I mean, you've already said they, they do whatever Jesus tells them to do, right? Mary says, do whatever he tells you to do. Now, they have expectations. Mm. I think they have an expectation because Jesus says, fill these 20-gallon barrels, six of them, so 120 gallons of water. Yep. That's a lot of water, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of wine. <laughs> it is a lot right? of wine in the end. <laughs> in the end. And that speaks to the abundant life that Jesus wants to give us. But uh, we'll talk about that maybe in a second. The servants, they fill it, and I think they had an expectation of what Jesus was going to do. Mm-hmm. I think they expected that Jesus, the next thing he would say is, go get some of the leftover wine and dump it into the barrels, and we'll serve water-flavored wine. Yeah. Because what else was he going to do, right? Yeah, exactly. There was no expectation of miraculous. It was, yeah, we'll just water down water down a bunch of wine and we'll make it stretch it out. And... That's right. And they do exactly what Jesus says and they fill it up. And then he tells them to do something that they didn't expect, mm-hmm. which was take a glass to the master. And as far as they're concerned, put yourself in their shoes. As far as they're concerned, this is water. Mm-hmm. And yet they do exactly what Jesus says. And I think they move from an expectation to an anticipation. Mm. And if we want to experience the greater than life, we have to experience, we have to uh, anticipate, not expect. Anticipation says that I wonder what's going to happen. Expectation says, Jesus, I want you to do this. Yep. 
and mm. there's disappointments, and sometimes we just don't do it because our expectations are too low. Sometimes our expectations are too high. We'll talk about that in the sermon. Uh-huh. And then the last last person that I want us to look at, and this one, you know, this might not sit comfortable with everybody, but we're going to look at Jesus. Okay. Because I think if he says that we're going to do everything that he did and greater than, it yes. means that what Jesus did, we have to pay attention to what he did, how he responds, what he does, we should mimic. Yeah. We should follow his example. So be like Mary, who sets aside her agenda. Be like the servants, who anticipate instead of expect. And then be like Jesus, who acts with boldness. Yeah, you know, he really does. He really <laughs> does. He acts with boldness. I mean, this is his first miracle, right? Yep. You know, I preach pretty regularly. And uh, I get nervous every time. Mm-hmm. You know, even when we go to do the podcast, in the few minutes before, I'm nervous, right? Yep. And Jesus is fully human and fully God. And if he's fully human, I got to expect that his first miracle, there might have been a little bit of nerves that he was dealing with, right? Yeah. And yet he deals with, bold, he acts with boldness. And I think we have to set aside our agenda. We have to uh, wait with anticipation and we have to act with boldness when we hear Jesus's voice. Mm. And then we will begin to experience the greater than life. Yeah. And that's, what I, that's why I talk about those reactions that people have and what I want us to follow. Okay. And so... If that's what's going to be in the sermon, what's not going to be in it? Then? Yeah. Like what's, there's a lot in this parable that uh, you could focus on. There's even like uh, the reaction of the, of the head servant who yeah. like the best is saved for last. And so, but we're focusing on the reactions of people. So what's not in here? What's not in the sermon that? Yeah. And we, and we talk about this because this is a great launching off point for all the groups, right? Yeah. Is that we try to give you some extra content that isn't going to be in the sermon so that you can look really smart. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. So that you can inspire some conversations or maybe go off on a different bent yeah. than we do. And I think one of those things that the, the master's uh, reaction is a good one, right? I, mm-hmm. I, that was one as I originally it was going to be in the sermon and then as I was writing it, it's like, oh, it's not going to make it. Yeah. Uh, but this idea that the best is yet to come, that with Jesus, the best is always yet to come. Yeah. And with God, so you, you, you think about the uh, the barrels, right, that uh, are used for ritual washing. Mm-hmm. This was part of the Old Covenant. And these are barrels, 120-gallon, uh, six 620-gallon six barrels, 120 yeah. gallons of water, used for ritual washing, which was part of the Old Covenant, the Mosaic Covenant. And Jesus comes along, and he changes those barrels yeah. from ritual washing barrels to wine vats. Or yes. whatever you hold wine in. What, I don't know. Yeah, that, there you go. Go with it. Yeah. Yep. And so he changes things, right? And mm. and it becomes, here was a ritual that they would do where they would wash their hands and they would wash their feet. And it was symbolic saying, this is the washing away of my sins. Yeah. But it wasn't really the effective thing that was going on. You had to keep doing it again and again and again and again and again, right? Because yeah. it wouldn't cleanse. Water can't cleanse sins. Yeah. But Jesus comes along and he changes everything. And what was a ritual, he turns into relationship. Hmm. And he transforms the covenant from a set of rules into a relationship. Yeah. And the best is yet to come with Jesus. And that is what this miracle uh, says. And I think this is a great place for your group to go if you want to talk about that. Yeah, I was going to say, like, another, uh, along those lines, like, whenever I think of that, the transformation of water into wine, it's go, it's taking something mundane into something precious yes. for 
for the life of those who were around at that time. Like, yeah. it was a wedding. It was a celebration. They needed more wine because it was their expectation to supply the wine, and they ran out. That's and right. so they needed something precious, and all they had was mundane. And Christ kind of dis- like transforms what's in these jars of clay into something very precious. Always makes me think of yes. Second Corinthians, right? And yeah. so I think I'm put a question in for the groups to to go to that uh, text because there's something precious in these jars now. Yeah, and we so, have treasure that are being held in jars of clay that are yeah. broken and easily wrecked, right? But Jesus, the best is yet to come with him. Always. And even the the idea, you know, and I'll probably talk about this in communion, how he changes water into wine at a wedding feast. And communion looks forward to the wedding feast of the Lamb mm-hmm. when there will be another celebration, right? And there is this through line yeah. that comes through communion. It starts with water into wine. It moves through communion uh, as the, the wine now becomes representative of the, the blood of Christ yeah. that washes away our sins and looks forward to the wedding feast of the Lamb in glory. I love the imagery in that. That is beautiful. Just thinking like his first miracle was taking something from the old covenant and making it new. Yeah. And then that is what we celebrate with is the yeah. of the anticipation. So. so there's a couple ways. The yeah. other one, the last one that won't make it into this week's sermon, but it, it, it should be in next week's sermon, is uh, you know this miracle and the next miracle are bookends for each other. Hmm. And uh, we're going to talk more about it next week. But pay attention or have your group, you know, just kind of point out this is in Cana. And be prepared for next week because the next miracle happens in Cana as well. And John actually numbers them one and two. None of the other miracles of Jesus are numbered. And so these are meant to be linked together. And you know what? Encourage your groups this week to read from John 2 Mm -hmm. through to uh, John chapter 4. Um, the miracle of, of him healing the official son and read that through the week so that they can come prepared and say, why do you think John put these stories together in a unit? Our yeah. Bible breaks them up into John 2, John 3, which is the Samaritan woman. Uh, John uh, John 3 is also the uh, um, Nicodemus. Okay. And uh, and then it is also John 4 is uh, it has, has the official um, son being healed. So you have all of these put together in a package and ask the question as you read it this week, why are they put in a package that way? Mm. And we'll talk more about it next week in the podcast and in the sermon for next week. But that's something that you can do there. So what is the, what is the, what do you want us to do with this then? What is the takeaway? What's the application, the greater than application? I I want you to take your first steps. (laughs) Your first steps in the greater than life, right? Uh, Which is, you know what? We need to, Turn to Jesus mm-hmm. when we need help. He should be the God of the first resort, not the God of the last resort. Amen. And yeah. we begin to experience the greater than life as we turn to him that way. But then as we go through our week, set aside our agenda. You know, I don't know about you, but I get up in the morning and I have a checklist in my head yep. that has to be done. I have a calendar that, that drives my day. And, uh, you know, we need to set aside our agenda and pay attention to Jesus's agenda and what he has. And, uh, and then anticipate. Hmm. So walk into a meeting. So if you've got a meeting, because it doesn't mean that we're going to cancel our agendas, right? Yeah. But as we walk into a meeting, recognize, Jesus, I want my agenda and this meeting to be aligned with your agenda yeah. and what you want for this meeting. Mm-hmm. And then anticipate. Anticipate that Jesus is going to show up and he's going to have something that he wants to do yeah. in you, through you, and for that other person. 
And this could be a meeting at work. This could be uh, driving to the grocery store. This could be whatever it is, yeah. wherever you see someone. And then anticipate that Jesus has something in this moment. You know, one of the things we pray in the morning as a staff, we gather at nine. And sometimes uh, the person that we're praying will say, you know, God, help us to see that the appointments and the things that happen this today, today are divine appointments. Yeah. That's living with anticipation. Yeah. Just the, the realization that Christ is going before us into, into our moments before we are. That's right. God is omnipresent. He is there before we are. And he's, he's pro- got something. Yeah. He's at work in people's lives. So anticipate yeah. that he's inviting us into these moments. And yeah. then the third one is act with boldness. Hmm. And this is where I think we fail. Yep, I was going to you know, I would say yeah, I, that's probably where I would fail yeah. in this. I I we got to when we hear the whisper of Jesus's voice, mm. when we anticipate this, actually do what he says. When he says fill up those barrels with wine, yeah. Do it. When he says take the wine to the master, do it. Do it. You know, uh I think there is I think that those those barrels they can metaphorically be used to represent many people's lives. Mm-hmm. And that we have things that are sitting around in our life that are based on rules, that are based on an old way of living, that are, yeah. are not connecting us with God the way that they're meant to, mm-hmm. that there's hurts, that there's disappointments. Yeah. And Jesus wants you to be that person who fills those barrels of whatever they are full of and transforms them into something beautiful. Yeah, and... Even the fact that there are ritual barrels of cleansing that yeah. are empty at a wedding. Yeah, no exactly. one is thinking about their spiritual lives at this wedding. No. But Christ uses that and like brings the spiritual into the celebration. They're like, empty. They're right? just empty. They're, they're just empty. not so doing a thing. This who knows how big this crowd was. Yeah. So nobody's nobody's concerned about washing. Yeah, no one's doing anything wrong and it's it's just this idea that, you know, they're sitting there empty and Christ redeems them into the celebration and like can yeah. do that with us. So. And I think the greater than life is about joining Jesus as he transforms people yeah. and transforms lives. And maybe even he might transform some water into wine. I don't know. Amen. I don't know. If, if it happens, we have an elder who's already put in his order that there if I go. can turn water into wine, he wants a Moscato. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I said I can do a Chardonnay, but I don't know how to Moscato. But anyways, Did I you digress. Say Chardonnay? 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 Yeah, anyways. you can tell my experience with wine, right? Yep. <laughs> That's totally fine. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little sacrilegious there, but I think that if if Jesus said we're going to live greater than lives, yeah. then we have to anticipate that he actually meant what he said. And when he says to do something, no matter how crazy it sounds, we should do it. Amen. Step out in faith. So that's the application point for the week. Well, there you go. Thank you very much for kind of walking us through. And I hope for our community group leaders, you feel better equipped to lead your groups this week and just empowered to step out in boldness as you do so. That's right. Hey, thanks for listening. And be sure to check out those other two podcasts we talked about. I know I'm going to. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.